Got my In My Villain Era sweater on. I'm so excited to start this podcast. And I also got my sparkling water. Welcome to Airbnb. I have been MIA for months now, but I'm so glad to be back to offer you some brand new episodes. And today I'm going to be talking about how I survived a salon walkout as a salon owner and some tips you can do to prepare for it before and even after it happens. Because let's be real here, it's inevitable. You probably have either worked in a salon or owned a salon where there's been a walkout. And as a salon owner battling the salon suite life, it makes it more difficult to own independent and team-based salons. So with that being said, it's important to have a contingency plan and to be proactive in handling potential walkouts. So if you're a salon owner, aspiring salon owner, or even a hairstylist who is seasoned or just starting out, this is going to be an amazing episode giving you lots of insight and information to learn from, no matter where you are at in your hair journey. Now, I'm going to be sharing my story, how I became the villain in my ex-employee stories. And at the very end, if you stick around, I'm going to be sharing some tips to help you prepare for a walkout or for the just-in-case moments. So let's get right into it. Welcome to Hairbnb, a podcast about hair, beauty, and business. Hi, I'm Marella Manelli, and I help hairstylists just like you streamline this entrepreneur roller coaster you're on so you can start feeling like the CEO that you are. So grab a glass and be ready to simplify your hair, beauty, and business goals. Have you ever wondered what leads to a salon walkout and what you can do to prevent it? It occurs when multiple stylists or salon staff leave a business simultaneously, often with little or no prior notice. And here are some reasons why they happen. Toxic salon culture, having the wrong people in the wrong position. This means putting people in positions of authority when they shouldn't be in the first place. And this particular one hits the nail on the head for my business. Again, I will elaborate more in this episode. Workplace conflicts, basically toxic clicky culture, which we're going to talk a lot about today. Compensation disputes and lack of growth opportunities and a slew of other reasons. As a salon owner, it's important to take accountability and acknowledge what you did wrong in your business so you can learn from it and it doesn't happen again. And also prepare for it because walkouts happen all too often. For my salon business, I had the wrong person in the wrong seat and that's essentially what started this whole snowball effect. So let me start from the very beginning so you have a general understanding of how we started. So my salon opened in 2018 with just three people. And then the pandemic came two years later. Because I was a salon operating in California, we had to close three times per our governor's orders. But when we were finally able to reopen, a couple of things happened in our industry. Lots of salons closed, hairstylists moved or changed careers, and there was a shortage of new talent. And when this happened, my salon got flooded with clients too many for us to handle. I already had a salon manager and my marketing social media manager who both are still with me today and we were on a hiring spree at that time. We needed to fill these hairstylist positions ASAP and my salon manager and I hired multiple hairstylists, some with a few years of experience and some fresh out of school and With this direction, I knew we needed training and lots of it. But personally, I had no time to commit to this because at the same time my salon business exploded, my online education company was growing exponentially and I needed to hire another manager to help educate. It was finally time to remove myself from the salon entirely and find a team of leaders to take my place. I want to preface this with I am a team-based salon with some booth runners, but the people that we were hiring were W 
to employees. Now, I ended up hiring an education manager to be an extension of me. Now, what I'm going to walk you through is all of the red flags and all the things I did wrong in hiring this person. So mistake number one is I hired out of desperation. You never want to do this. This person came into my life fleeing her own salon that she left all the way on the other side of the country. I know, red flag, but sold me on this story that she was desiring to move to California because that's where her husband was from and the salon she had back home was running itself. Sidebar, I found out much later that the salon was on its last leg because she too experienced a walkout and had to shut down. It's funny because some of the people that worked for her expressed they weren't getting paid on time, she was never there, they didn't have the supplies they needed, and a slew of other things. And I totally wish I knew all of this before the chaos, but hindsight's 2020. You know what you know. This person also loved social media as much as I did and wanted to get into that influencer space, which is also why she wanted to work with me. Another benefit was that she had a little education experience working for a major hair brand. So at this point, I thought she is it. She is my education manager. She is going to collaborate with my other managers and she's going to help me with my rapidly growing business while I teach her how to leverage social media. I even helped her start her TikTok, taught her how to monetize and overall create a brand for herself. Thinking back now, She had so much more of a benefit than I did because there are tons of opportunities with growing your social media platforms. But I love helping people and love watching them grow. Little known to me, this would all bite me in the ass later. The education manager's role was not only to do some hair, but also train the staff. They were supposed to help in areas of growth for the newbies and overall just be that support system for the staff. The first thing that happened was a salon culture shifted once I put her in this position. And this was a baby red flag that we needed to keep an eye on, but changes needed to be put in place because we were growing so fast and we needed to create that structure and cohesiveness and overall an ecosystem in the business, which we did. This education manager had a huge personality, but we loved that about her initially. She brought energy to the team to keep them motivated. And the hairstylist also needed to adjust to this new leadership. You know, they were sizing her up, seeing how legit she was. Did she do great hair? Is she nice? And this is totally normal when you get a new boss. But aside from that, she had the support of myself and the two other managers. So keep in mind, I had a team of 20 people. Now, here was another red flag that I should have taken more seriously. This education manager was so hungry for friends that she started hanging out with the staff she was managing outside of the salon. And when I say hanging out, there was drinking involved, sleepovers, and with that came favoritism and to me, overall unprofessionalism. I honestly had no idea that this was happening until several of the hairstylists expressed their concerns about her favoritism to one of the other managers. This is when we learned all about the sleepovers, apartment sitting, using the staff as the Uber ride to LAX, and the list goes on. So of course I had to have a conversation about the importance of not hanging out with people you manage outside of work. My approach to everything is there's no such thing as common sense. People don't know what they don't know. Even though my education manager had salon ownership experience, this did not mean that they have the right management skills. And this was our first disagreement. I mean, I couldn't prevent her from hanging out with anyone outside of work, but these conversations 
continued to escalate. I made clear that the divisions happen within the team and it was frowned upon by me and the rest of management and she needed to fix her mistakes. If you're a manager, you need to act like one 100% of the time. There are consequences that come from hanging out with people you manage. You cannot be friends with your team because the moment coaching, mentoring, and discipline is involved, disrespect occurs towards you and the business. You simply cannot run your business based on friendship because when you have to hold their feet to the fire, they have to understand the difference between personal and business. And to me, that is simply too big of an expectation to have on your employees. If you are a manager or the owner, you have the power and authority. And the moment you let that wall down, people will take advantage. Now, the number one mistake I made was not holding my education manager accountable for another incident that occurred outside of the salon. In a nutshell, my top producing stylist and the education manager started to hate each other. And if you are the manager, to be expected that your staff probably won't like you or you're not going to be their favorite person. And you need to be okay with that. You need to be able to still run the business, find a way to connect with your staff, even the ones you kind of might not like that much, and address issues before they get out of hand. Praise good work, own your mistakes, be consistent in the work environment you expect, and overall motivate everyone so the ecosystem continues. But on the flip side, you as the owner or the manager treating the staff you manage with disrespect or expressing hatred, that simply cannot happen. That is called a hostile work environment. Now, again, I really want to drive this home for those of you listening. If you are the manager or an active owner in the salon, you have the power and the authority. The moment you let that wall down, like partying with your staff and using them as Uber ride sleepovers, people will take advantage. I was in a tough spot. I got my top producer and my education manager butting heads. There were clicks created, gossip stirring, misinformation spreading about compensation. And now we have the perfect cocktail for a toxic salon. We went from being openly communicative to staff withholding information because they hated this education manager so much, which makes sense. I mean, you partied with these people and then try to be their boss the next day. And unfortunately, I was hopeful that this could all be repaired if the education manager would just own up to her mistakes and fix them. When in retrospect, I should have just fired her then. The bottom line, my salon culture shifted drastically and I allowed these people, my education manager and my employees to shift my business. Everything I had built up to this point, destroying it from within. I put so much trust in this manager while I was working on other projects when I shouldn't have in the first place. I put the wrong person in the wrong seat. Unqualified, unprofessional, immature, emotionally unstable, and overall just the wrong fit. So I did what any salon manager would do, and that was have a salon meeting where I laid down my rules and what my culture is. Some called it berating because I was disappointed, angry, and I felt like I was talking through things that a mother does with a teenager. To clarify, there was no yelling involved, just a salon owner clearly spelling out my rules for my salon. And for those who were offended by what I had said, were all part of the problem. This wasn't their salon anymore. This was mine, even though I didn't work in it every single day. It was a tough conversation conversation to have, but it needed to be done. And even though this meeting was had right before the busy holiday season, 
I was prepared to fire anyone and everyone who would get in the way of my salon success. As an owner, nobody is going to give a shit about your business as much as you do. You are the one taking all the financial risk. Even though I had three managers running this business, ultimately, I was the one responsible for all the success and failure. Remember that the team you hire either wants to be a part of that success or they don't. I knew with what needed to be said, the people negatively affecting my business were not going to be happy. And I was totally okay with that because at the end of the day, I had a contingency plan to completely start over. I didn't need any of them. And that is always the position you should be in business. The salon that I created fed them clients. I supplied everything. They had paid and free education. I was teaching them how to use social media for their business. And I had a healthy service menu that paid well despite their lack of experience. We gave them the platform to be fresh out of school and charge premium prices. They had it good with the exception of the worst education manager on the planet. At this point, the damage had been done and I knew that. I owned up to it and I started the process of starting over. In 2022, my salon business brought in over $1 million and I was prepared to burn it all down because of the toxic people working for me. My top producers and education managers brought in over $100,000 each and some took home over $75,000. Hell, my education manager actually took home $95,000 despite her broke story she likes to tell on social media. All this just for them to shit on everything I had built, including the gold bracelets I gifted them to celebrate their 100k milestone. And just to clarify, I didn't have to give anyone a bracelet for doing their job, but I gifted it to them as a congratulatory gesture. I honestly felt like a proud mom with ungrateful teenagers. In retrospect, I think some of the hairstylists who claim to be unhappy with their pay occurred because they didn't know how taxes work, how to manage their personal finances, or how much overhead comes with running a business. But I definitely am going to talk about this topic more on another episode because running a business in California totally hits different. Shortly after laying down the law of my salon, a mutiny was stirring literally. Keep in mind, this was right before the holiday, the busiest time of year. My top producer sent out this private group chat to stage a walkout titled, Welcome to the Mutiny. Their plan was to work through this holiday season, track and keep all of the new clients my business was feeding them, open a suite together, and quit in unison in January. Of course, I didn't know this right away, but there were signs. And again, I was prepared to burn it all down. Figuratively, of course. One of the first things I noticed was my top producer removed her online booking status to the salon and her location, only requesting DMs, which I was totally fine with, but defeats the purpose of me supporting her books through my salon. This posed a conversation to be had, and I told her the next morning that since she was removing herself from being bookable online, that I thought it was best she went booth rent because we have that option. She immediately said how much she wasn't ready to do that and how much she wanted to be on the team. And I believed her in that moment. She was a single mom and my Achilles heel is giving people way too many chances obviously, because my education manager was still employed. I literally thought people would change. A few days later, one of the other employees that were close friends with my top producer informed me about the group chat and the mutiny. So I fired her. I was not going to allow a toxic, high-producing employee try to fuck up my business, get in the way of everything I had built for me and my family. I was angry that someone would even attempt to try to sabotage my small business. Now that I was well-informed of the intent of some of my team, what came to follow was everything I had dreamed of. My salon manager, Yadira, and I had a plan to start over completely, but the toxic people made it so 
easy for me. They quietly quit and it was amazing. I didn't have to see their ungrateful faces or give them their last paychecks in person. We finished out the holiday season with success. Some clients left and some stayed, but overall we were overwhelmed with too many clients and not enough hairstylists. The same scenario we were in at the beginning of the end of the pandemic lockdowns. Now there was one more person I needed to take care of and that was the education manager. As a salon fell apart, she fell short in meeting deliverables and job expectations. She was supposed to create an education curriculum in 2022, but instead, I learned later that she was focused on creating her own independent education while on my payroll. Because you know that social media I helped her with kind of took off. She was also supposed to hire a new team since she crumbled the first, but offered no support to the other managers. Again, I was giving her a chance here to fix what she broke and learn from her mistakes. But more importantly, because I was holding her accountable to the downfall of the salon, she began to play the victim instead of picking up the pieces. I literally was standing on the side of my managers this entire time, but her lack of collaboration and completing projects made me realize she was completely uncoachable and not the right person for the position. She was incapable of managing a new team. So lesson number one, when someone wants to work for you or claims to be all up in your vision, it's simply not true. Most people will come into your life with an ulterior motive. They will love bomb you and talk all about the things that they want to do with you. But remember, no one shows their true colors in the beginning. Give any relationship six months before you see who they truly are. Now, fast forward to January of 2023. I asked her to give me a date with two weeks that would be her last. This was my nice way of firing her because to be honest, I wanted to end things on good terms to be sure she had enough time to get set up with a suite, but I was unaware of her ill intent towards me. She told lies to the good staff that was left that she too wanted my business to fail even after all I did for her. Looking back now, I believe this may have to come to fruition when she asked me for a raise in the middle of the salon falling apart, and I told her not until she fixed what she broke. What she wasn't willing to do was take responsibility for her part in destroying my team and my business. I believe her perception is that the salon would not have grown to the capacity that it did without her, that the success was built with her hands. But the truth is it would have succeeded without her because what she fails to recognize is that before her were two managers that also were $100,000 revenue generators, two managers that helped grow the team, two managers that picked up the pieces that she left behind. I think the thing that still bothers me now is that a year later, she needs to keep my name alive to sell her brand. She still needs me to make her education company and brand relevant, taking to social media with the fabricated stories and overall painting me as the villain, that the trauma I induced is somehow related to her made up success that she shares, that somehow she is envied by me and my team. But really, we have all moved on successfully without her. I suppose some people live their lives painting other people as the villain in their story, but honestly, having my peace is totally worth it. The salon team that is left from that time knows the truth, knows the made-up stories told online, and that is truly all that matters. We survived. My salon survived 2023 successfully with profit, even with a walkout. So how did I do it? Here are some strategies I put in place before all of this happened. So if you're a salon owner that has not experienced a walkout, listen up. Always, always, 
always recruit, even when you have a full team. Having systems in place to always hire new talent by looking for individuals who not only have the necessary skills, but also fit in well with your salon's culture. You're going to want to use various channels like social media, job portals, or networking within in the industry to find suitable candidates. You can refer to this list of candidates and then pull from there. One strategy we used was from our local cosmetology extern program so we can train them. Next is you're going to want to do a lot of financial planning. A walkout can impact your salon's finances drastically. And this is why you should have a contingency fund to support your overhead and pay for at least the next six months to even a year. I had enough saved to completely start over, which is why I wasn't worried about having that tough meeting. It was my creative way of weeding out the people who truly just didn't want to be there. Now, this next one is really important. You're going to want to maintain your salon culture. So you're going to start by creating a positive work environment. Organize those team building activities and encourage open communication so you can foster that sense of belonging among your staff. This is an area that I missed the mark on because I realized my one toxic manager was just fucking everything up. But hopefully this will help you in preventing a walkout altogether. Do not let anyone change your salon culture. And the final one before a walkout is even in your wheelhouse, you're going to want to create a strong salon system. This includes building your email list, online booking, your checkout systems, and overall the client experience. I think this was the strongest asset we had when the walkout occurred. We were able to create a strategy with our clients before firing anyone or anyone quit. Now, if you're listening to this and a walkout has occurred, these are some things that you can do after a walkout occurs. Before taking any action, you're going to want to assess and understand the situation. It's important to understand why the walkout happened in the first place. This may involve some introspection and possibly feedback from the remaining staff or even those who left if they're willing to, to talk to you. And understanding the root causes will help in preventing those future issues. The next thing you're going to want to do is retain the remaining staff you have. So focus on the staff who stayed. Make sure they feel valued and understood and address any concerns they may have and involve them in that rebuilding process. These are the people who believe in you, in your brand, in your business. So cherish them. Now, this next one is really important. Improve management practices. If management issues contributed to the walkout like it did for mine, it's essential to make those changes. This could involve training for yourself or for your management team, altering communication methods, or just changing how the salon is run day to day. In this case, I had to fire the education manager. Next, you're going to want to rebuild that salon culture. So start from scratch. If this was an area of opportunity, start by creating a positive work environment. Organize that team building activity. Take them on an adventure like an escape room or some type of activity you guys can all do together. Next, you're going to want to enhance that customer service. So with new staff, it's important to maintain and even improve in the level of service and training new employees in customer service and ensuring consistency in the quality of services offered 
is key. Next is leverage that marketing and communication. So communicate with your clientele about the changes. Use this as an opportunity to rebrand or reintroduce new services, new staff, or new promotions. And keeping your clients informed and engaged is crucial during this time. Now, this next one might feel a little difficult for some of you, but you're going to want to seek support and guidance. So don't hesitate to seek support from another salon owner or an industry expert. They can provide valuable insights and advice on how to rebuild. Kind of like this podcast. Now, this last one I'm going to share with you is the most important. You're going to want to stay positive and resilient. You need to maintain a positive outlook, even with the rise of ex-employees spreading misinformation on social media. They're going to talk. And if they do take to social media, remember, they need you to continue to be the villain in their story. So their perceived success has a story of triumph. So in a lot of ways, your impact has a strong effect on how they navigate through their future career. These kind of people tend to attract drama throughout their life. And if they are publicly sharing one trauma after another, people start to see through that. So let them crumble on their own terms. Resilience and professionalism will help you navigate through this challenging time. So remember, this is also an opportunity for you to grow and improve in your business. So in conclusion, prepare for a walkout, even if you don't believe it's in the foreseeable future. Remember that the people you manage are not your friends. Stay professional even when ex-employees tell lies on social media. Nobody's going to care about your business or understand the financial risk as much as you. Hire the right team. Put the right people in leadership. This can make or break your business. Keep your salon toxic-free. Don't be afraid to fire top producing talent. And don't let people change the salon culture you built. And finally, don't be afraid to start from scratch. I encourage salon owners to learn from my experience and I encourage hairstyles to have those tough conversations with their salon owners. The bottom line is communication is key. So don't be that person that creates clicks or gossips about the salon. That's high school shit. Be an adult and have the conversation. I believe that a positive salon is open communication and understanding that we all have the same end goal and that's to love what we do and make great money doing it. Now, I really hope you found some inspo from this podcast. And on that note, I want to thank you so much for listening to Airbnb. So make sure you visit my website, morellaminelli.com, where you can learn more about the Airbnb tour, like the foil framework hands-on class, or you can check out my online educational tools like the highlight placement blueprint or the ultimate toner guidebook. I'm going to share all of the links to everything down below in the description of this episode. So make sure you subscribe to the show and sign up for the Airbnb newsletter. You can find Airbnb podcast on iTunes iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher so you'll never miss an episode. And if you found value in the show, I'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes or simply tell a friend about the show to listen in. All of the links on where to find me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook can be found in the description of this episode. And if you have suggestions for a topic, you can send it to info at morellaminelli.com and I'll see you on the next one and be ready to simplify your hair, beauty, and business goals on Airbnb. Cheers.